Attention, this is a matter of national security. After a meteorite crashed into the New Jersey Turnpike, the following digital audio transmission from the You Watch I Listen podcast was intercepted by NASA scientists in the year 2019. The You Watch I Listen podcast is about to start. Sit down, listen close, and try not to die. The You Watch I Listen podcast starts now. Evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck you. A couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who the fuck is Kenny G? The fucking clarinet player. What did he do wrong? He's being Charles Manson all weird. In the middle of it, he cuts her off and goes, Oh, fuck yeah. Take it out, take it out. Now I see why people followed Charles Manson. He was very straightforward. He had the right idea. It's time for the You Watch I Listen podcast, and always remember, don't sniff it, just do it. Hi. Hey, Joshua is recording the call, which means we're live, and this is 97, Josh, do I have the number right now? This is 97. 97, a You Watch I Listen, it is week five of quarantine, quarantine You Watch I Listen. Um, it, it's probably the longest um, we've gone without seeing each other in how long? Years, years, years ten years. Almost a, almost a decade for me and Josh. We're going back to like third grade, really. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's pretty fucking wild. Uh, it, it is an adjustment for everyone. Still, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I know some people are going stir crazy at this point. Uh, I know a lot of our listeners are definitely going stir crazy. Uh, they're binge watching shows they've seen a hundred times because it's probably the only thing that makes them feel somewhat normal. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've just been really watching old shows or watching new shows or trying to get reacquainted with shit I haven't watched in a long time. So, yeah, yeah Josh, I feel like you need a bigger bite than that, dude. So, so Josh, you were a little delayed. Um, you got pulled over on the way home. Uh, why did you get pulled over? I was doing 115 and 55. <laughs> dude, that's reckless driving. That's okay. not good. What, what was the reason for going so fast i wanted to get mcdonald's and also get on the call at the right time okay so did you get a ticket i like how you i like how you started that with i wanted mcdonald's first and then i wanted to do the show why why didn't you get a ticket uh i know a lot of people (laughs) that's the answer i was looking for it's a very trump answer of you so beyond getting friends in high places what what time what uh what town did you get pulled over in um, uh, I guess technically Vernon, but it was by a okay. West Milford cop. 
Gotcha. Okay. So you're two one fifteen, you asshole. The same thing. <laughs> yeah. What's <laughs> what's the difference? So uh, beyond that, how was your week, Josh? Same shit, honestly. Um, nothing's really changed. You know, my job has still been relatively busy. Um, the roads are still relatively empty. Which I'm doing nice. the same exact shit every single day over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, it's Groundhog Day, honestly. Yep. Um, it, does Is your is your wife happy that you're working and not bothering her all the time? Uh, probably. You gotta ask her. <laughs> are you happy that you're working and she's not bothering you all the time? Yes. <laughs> all right. Hey, Taylor, how about you? How was your week? Uh, week's been normal. Um, you know, well, it's been fairly, uh, different. I, I moved into my new apartment yesterday. Yes, you did. Um, but you know, you almost forgot. I remember. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Actually, to be honest with you, no, I, I didn't forget because I was counting on the fucking days till I was getting out of my old spot. Um, but so I, I've been moving. I'm still not done. Like there's still a decent amount of stuff at the old spot, but it's just it's weird how much stuff I've moved and this apartment is so much bigger how much stuff I really don't have I have like four like three quarters of an apartment I still have to furnish yet like so you're telling me you're, you're not worth that much I'm worth a lot more than I own that's for sure <laughs> uh, how are the walls uh, I see that the walls at your new apartment look nice you know no cracks in them or anything uh, yeah it's in a complex which is nice uh, there's no dog uh, barking dogs my uh, neighbor downstairs is great her name is Eleanor uh, she's awesome she's hot I, I, she's 60 and uh, okay I'll <laughs> ask again <laughs> <laughs> but uh I don't know. There's someone living here in this complex that's like easily he could have like made a living as like a Willie Nelson impersonator. And so he's like walking down and he's got the long hair. He's got the bandana, the leather jacket and shit. He goes, welcome neighborhood, pal. You ever need anything? Give me a call. I'm Charlie. And I walked away. I'm like, maybe, maybe he'll get you some. T- <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, I've been well, I, I would. I was asking about the walls because you sent us a picture of what happened to one of the walls during your move. Oh, yeah, my fucking dad. (laughs) And I like how I was like, was he just like, oh, oops, you're like, exactly, dude. Dude, that's that's exactly what happened. He's helped me move my fucking dresser. And I have this big closet, which is nice, so I'm going to put the dresser in the closet. Are you going to come out of it? No, I'm still waiting for you to come out first. Uh, Yeah, then we could fuck. Then we could fuck. So he t- and it's on a hand truck. So he just wheels the fucking thing just straight into it and just douche. And I go, Dad, what the fuck are you doing? And he just starts like he turns around, and starts laughing. Uh, sorry, dude. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe well, the sound effect you made may have been the right word, douche. Yeah, facts. <laughs> but All right. I, so I, I go, dude. I, I'm not here fucking ten minutes yet, and you already fucking put a hole in the wall. Come on. Yeah. Well. Uh, this, uh, this is episode 97. You watch, I listen. Life's been the fucking same for me. I decided to get Call of Duty. That's like the big difference in the last week. <laughs> uh, so I'll be able to play tonight. Um, but beyond that, just uh, the dog, TV shows, movies, which we'll talk about. Um, so why don't we jump into our reviews? Uh, before we do that, 
Let's give a shout out to our buddies over at BetDSI. Um, obviously, there's not many sports to bet on, but it looks like we're going to have the UFC back in a couple weeks. And if you want to play some bets on those fights, that stack card that they're looking to put on at the Apex in Las Vegas, you should be doing it at BetDSI. And that's because BetDSI has been paying winner for, winners for 20 years, and they're the top rated on betting review sites. They give you the chance to use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash immediately. BetDSI is a very user-friendly, user-friendly interface and mobile and the fastest payouts in the industry. It's simple. You win, you or you play, you win, and you get paid. You don't win and play. That wouldn't make much sense. Uh, bet DSI offers betting options no, for everything. Bet when it comes back. Bet on MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, UFC, and all other major sports, politics, reality TV, esports, virtually everything. They probably have a betting line if there's going to be a second round of stimulus checks. Uh, I, I would say take the under. Uh, try live Definitely betting in bet DSI where. <laughs> Yeah, try live betting at BetDSI where you can bet on games that end up happening from start to finish, every play and every minute until the end. New me- new members will get a 100% bonus match after they make their first deposit, guys, and you got to make your first deposit by using promo code YWIL. That's more than double your money to start winning immediately. Taylor and I play there ourselves, and we recommend BetDSI to add some extra excitement to the sports or events that you're following. Once again, go to BetDSI.com and use promo code YWIL to get this limited-time 100% bonus off plus a free $25 wager to test the waters. Don't miss out and make some extra cash whenever betting season starts again because it's only a game until you bet it at BetDSI. Um, guys, uh, obviously there's a, this is a great opportunity to be an entrepreneur. You can come up with something to market, something to sell. If you're thinking about advertising, you should be calling Lobo Sound. And if you need a website, you should be calling Lobo Sound. And that's because Lobo Sound's world-renowned commercial production and website construction in English, Spanish, and Polish have made Lobo Sound a fixture in the Chicago radio and digital advertising communities. But Lobo Sound isn't limited to Chicago. Alaska, Atlanta, Toronto, Toledo, Hawaii, New Jersey, New York, Montecito, California, wherever you are, Lobo Sound has your back. Lobo Sound helps you reach your target market effectively and affordably. Reach who you want to reach, when you want on all devices and applications. For more information, call Lobo Sound at 630-244-9704. That's 630-244-9704. Or you can visit them at www.lobosound.com. Mention you watch, I listen, and get a 10% discount. So call them at 630-244-9704 or visit lobosound.com. All right, Taylor, you want me to take the reins first? Yeah, go first. I'm gimmicked up. All right, Taylor, you gave me um, an album from a band you really like. It's funny, on my notes, I also have notes from when I took the dog to the vet today, so I was almost read, rabies shot in two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) It was the closest thing to write on. Um, So you gave me uh, one of your favorite bands, and it was a band and an album that you discovered basically by accident when we worked at Best Buy. Um, State Champs, their album from 2013, Finer Things. Yeah, Uh, facts. So you had, I've I've definitely heard uh, State Champs from you through the years just randomly when we're hanging out playing liked everything i heard um very easy to listen to in the background but it's one of those ones that i don't think if you if you don't sit down and listen to it you, you can't really absorb everything that's going on so this was a great opportunity for me to actually just sit back and listen to it and i really really enjoyed this album um it was a really good pop punk album uh and this was pure pop punk in, in it in its entirety like some other pop punk you've given me had been like more like fringe melodic kind of, yeah, yeah. 
fringe where they make they teeter more to rock at times and more pop at times and not so much the punk. This is straight up punk, pop punk. Some of it reminded me of the starting line, the first couple songs actually. There was a bit of that sound to it. That's, um, a, that's but, a pretty that's a pretty fair comparison, yeah. For yeah, sure. and I like the starting line. Um, so starting off the album right away, um, elevated. I gave a four. It was a really good way to set the pace of the album, which is with albums I like. I think the opening track is the most important thing because it gives you such a feel for what you're about to listen to. Um, it, the tempo on it is really good. It's fun. That's the biggest thing. This album is fucking fun. It doesn't take a lull and at any point make you feel depressed. It doesn't slow down. And I like that sometimes, but they had such a pace on this album and such a sound to this album that all I could think was this is enjoyable. This is a great summer album, I'd say as well. A I really good one to listen to when too. you're hanging out outside. I definitely agree yeah. with you. I mean, so that's Elevated was a four. It elevated was a four. Uh, the next three songs were my favorite songs on the album, and I can't rank anyone over the other because all of them were fives, and I loved each of them. Deadly Conversation, a five. I love the way it started and how it starts with the chorus, slowed down, and then it, it speed up when they actually get to after the breakdown and everything, or yeah. the bridge, rather. Um, love Deadly Conversation. Hard to please. Fucking awesome. A five. Another one I really like, and the next one, Prepare to Be Noticed, was a five. Do, to start out your album with four, Four bangers like that, you got me sold. You're going to be no less than a four at that point. Even if you have like two ones left on the album, if you start out an album like that, I'm going to listen to it the whole way through every time. Um, so, so I didn't give anything on this album less than a three. Um, the next one over the line was a three simple existence was a three. And I feel like in a lot of times with bands, um, the middle of the album is where they might like put some things where you're kind of lulled in after you start out so well. Sure. Um, maybe I'd like them more with even more listens and the more, cause I added this entire album to my playlist, which you've been doing a very good job with recently. Um, so over the line and simple existence were both threes. Uh, remedy was a great song. I gave that a four. Nothing's wrong was a three mind bottled was a four critical was a three and another one that's ranked up there with the best songs on this album easy enough was a five a great way to end the album when that song ended the first time i listened i wanted the album to keep going because it brought me right back into that whole the way the album started where i was like this is great um lyrically great simple Musically, fantastic. Not necessarily simple. They do some complicated stuff. Their bass lines are really good. Their drummer is really good. The guitars don't need to do too much. When you're in a pop punk band, it's about bass and drums. And they do a great job with that. Uh, his voice is really good. It's the perfect vocal tone for this kind of album. Um, if you guys like pop punk, if you like it at all, this is... I'll give this a four and a half out of five, despite there being threes on here, because the entire album from start to finish is easy to listen to. There's not a single track you want to skip over. So State Champs, Finer Things is a four and a half out of five for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, if you're just grading the individual song, I think a three is more than fair. And overall, four and four and a half. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, you answered the question before I even answered it as Remedy is my favorite song because the guy's name is Derek Descanio. He's the lead singer. Um, okay. If you think he's good on the record, he's even better live and not a lot of I believe that's that my big, that's my big thing with bands, especially in pop punk. Not a lot of bands can replicate that sound live as well. Derek's one of the few people that can sing just as well live, if not better than on the record. And uh, in Remedy, he has one part where he, he harmonizes with himself. You know, obviously, you know, they took yeah. two or three takes. 
So it's really, really nice. And the fact that this is only this is this is their first major record. Yeah, this was know? their major label debut. Yeah, not not a major label. I think they were still on Fueled by Ramen. They're it's a subsidiary. That doesn't matter. But it's like their first major release, you know, first sure. full length. And, you know, they really hit it out of the park. And the fact that I found this organically just because I like the album art makes it, it makes me like it that much makes me like it that much more still. It's yeah. got a it's got a sentimental weight to it when something like that happens. And I actually even wanted to ask you about because when I was listening to it, I was like, this is a great album, but I could picture this being one of the most fun bands to see live because I could just see the whole crowd moving with it and enjoying it and having fun above all else. Not a rowdy mosh pit, but one where you get a little physical, everyone's just goofing off. Um, it's it's such a fun fucking album and a fun sound to it. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I, you really like, I wasn't there for it, but I, when I gave you Neck Deep, Life's Not Out to Get You, um, yeah. you know, that's their best record. And at one time, uh, Neck Deep went on tour with State Champs and Knuckle Puck, which are two, uh, you know, oh, hell two yeah. of my other favorites. Yeah. And that was one of the most fun shows I've been to. That was New York City. That was Greg and I went to that. Um, but yeah, you are right there at a fantastic live show. And, you know, when everything blows over, when everything that's going on blows over. <laughs> Only um, in New Jersey, it's everything that's going on. That, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you like the record. No, man, it, this was a lot of fun. This was like, I do like heavy albums where like, you know, make me make you feel. And sometimes I just want to feel like fun. Like that's all it needs to be sometimes. And this yeah. is, you could tell they had fun making it. They had fun writing it. And musically, it's really good. It doesn't take a back seat. Um, and his voice is really good. So yeah, this is a solid four and a half out of five. A really, really great album. Awesome. Okay. So you gave me a movie. I currently forget the name of it, but it's with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, before the devil, the devil, before the devil knows you're dead. One of Grohau's favorite films. All right. So for that reason, only this movie sucks. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this movie is very interesting. Um, you know, essentially, it's uh, what's the guy's name from Sinister? Ethan Hawke. Ethan. Ethan Hawke, yeah, yeah. So Ethan Hawke, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and uh, I'm sh uh, there's I forget I forget their sister's name, but she was an actress I've seen in a bunch of different things. Um, yeah, and uh, the person that was Ethan Hawke's ex-wife, she was the mother that lost her kid in Gone Baby Gone. Yeah, you got right. Marissa Tomei, you got Michael Shannon, you got Aunt May from the original Spider-Man movies. Oh, oh, that, oh, that's that's who it was Marissa Tomei. That's the one. She's she got, yeah. she got nice boobies, dude. Um, oh, she's so dude. I love her. I love her. Yeah, I can't get a tweet again to her right now that I love her. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, this movie was uh, this movie was very different, very interesting. Um, you know, it does take the non-linear storytelling storytelling path. It um, puts you in the shit right away. It does, but. My only thing is I feel like the nonlinear is a little clunky to me. I get it. And it, it, there are parts where it is done well, but there are parts from like, you know, you're just getting to a point in the story that it's like one week before the robbery. Um, yeah. And it's like, fuck, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Well, the director was um, it's Sidney Lumet who did 12 Angry Men. Dog Day Afternoon and sure. Network. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> no, really I, I get wrong. that. No, I get that. And I, again, I'm not shitting on it either. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I just got an alert on my iPad. This is actually really upsetting. Now I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you guys uh -huh. later. But yeah. Um. But so. Uh, 
essentially what the overall plot is. Philip Seymour Hoffman and Ethan Hawke are brothers, which you don't really find out until about 30 minutes into the movie. And then uh, they want to, you know, they want to rob uh, a mom and pop jewelry store, make out with about 60 G's, and then they're both going to start new lives. Ethan Hawke became a deadbeat dad. He can't pay for $130 to have his uh, his daughter, uh, his daughter go see the Lion King. Go see the Lion King. Philip Seymour Hoffman's losing his wife. His wife is sleeping with Ethan Hawke, her brother. And- and Philip Seymour Hoffman has been embezzling money from his company. Yes. So there's a whole lot of shit going on. And the thing is, it, it is total to me, it's a, the storytelling is a little clunky, which I think kind of diminishes the film a tiny, ever so slightly. But um, Philip Seymour this the biggest takeaway I could take away from this is that Philip Seymour, it makes, this movie makes me miss Philip Seymour Hoffman. And dude, any movie I watch with him, I miss him. And it, there was actually a level of sadness in it when you see that he's going to shoot up. Because yeah. like, I sat there and I'm just like, when I'm watching it again, I'm like, I forgot that he's doing dope in this movie. So, and, yeah. But you just see, he's such a fucking powerhouse. Yeah. So the, the one part specifically, the first time you see him shoot up in like in, in that house, that whorehouse, wherever the fuck he was at. Um, that and little they, and, favor. And, yeah. And, and they take that, that, that count favor. Uh, they take that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that, that highly regarded count favor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a deep cut guy. Sorry. Yeah, that's that's the only inside joke you guys will get. Uh, but so like when he when he takes the first hit of heroin and you see and again, I don't know the doses of heroin or what's recommended, which is normally none. I mean, I don't think um, anything is recommended. <laughs> right. Yeah, but what, I'm, but like, what I'm saying is like recommend you do this much. <laughs> but what? But like when, when you see the like the amount, it's a full syringe. And like I remember watching that. I'm like, that's a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, we, like we, we should we should try out different doses on the show. No, I don't want to try different doses. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, just from like a hypodermic needle standpoint, like you don't sure, like, sure. You, you don't you don't take that much medicine. It's like that fucking much. And yeah. uh, so so that was rough because, like you said, you know, hindsight's 2020. He was a massive dope fiend, being a dope a fiend junkie. on screen. Yeah. Um, but and then obviously, you know, they want to rob their the this jewelry store. Uh, Ethan Hawke finds out it's his parents. It's their parents' jewelry store. It's okay. Um, so then Ethan Hawke hires a friend insured, of his. We don't have to worry. No. Well, they yeah. also thought the mother wasn't going to be working, which is the right. key point. They thought it was so, some random girl working the counter. Right. So uh, so uh, so e- I, uh, so Ethan Hunt, Ethan Hawke, not Ethan Hunt. Imagine. Uh, so if yeah. Ethan Hawke, <laughs> he drops in. <laughs> <laughs> so so Ethan Hawke hires hires his buddy, you know, to go and rob the store. Goes in with a gun. Ends up ends up putting his mother in a fucking coma while getting while getting murdered simultaneously. Nothing gets accomplished. Then the then the mother's fucking a vegetable, straight Terry Schiavo. Then the, dad the father is mind. the father is at a loss. The dad's losing his fucking mind, and uh, you know then he's like, you got it. Uh, she's like a vegetable, so it's like euthanasia. Do you got to pull the plug or do you not? Come on, we have to make this. The All father was really good. I thought. I thought the father was a really good performance because he was the perfect balance between Philip Seymour Hoffman and Ethan Hawke. It was very powerful because you see a guy that's trying to solve his wife's murder, and the police just don't give a shit. So which and was he's hard also, and powerful. Exactly. Like he hits the cop car when he's backing out of the police station. Yeah. I thought the little things about how he mentioned how Ethan Hawke was always such a baby. And they have that amazing scene with the father and Philip Seymour Hoffman where he, you know, I'm sorry I wasn't better to you. Um, and, you know, he was, Ethan Hawke was always more sensitive. He needed it. That to me was such a key to the dynamic between Ethan Hawke and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman in the movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so, so, 
it, it takes a really fucking wild turn. You know, th- then they both need cash. So then Philip Seymour Hoffman and Ethan Hawke go to uh, Hoffman's drug dealer. They raid him. Hoffman ends up killing killing the drug dealer, killing another guy there. And then while that's happening, both of their their father finds out that it was Philip uh, some Philip Seymour Hoffman that set it up because he went to that, pawn, that that he went to the pawn guy in the city that he knew as a crook and yeah. he's and the guy was like you never liked me well here it is the world's evil and he hands him his son's business card and it's just like oh shit so then Philip Seymour Hoffman gets shot you know Ethan Ethan Hawke uh, runs away I keep well Michael Shannon on. Michael Shannon comes in that's another big dynamic that he starts muscle in. Uh, Ethan Hawke to pay off the widow of the guy that got killed doing the heist with him. Yeah, it was... It and Michael was, Shannon fucking rules. Yeah, he's great in everything. Um, but there was a lot of shit happening in this movie, but the ultimate payoff at the end is after the father finds out that Philip Seymour Hoffman was the one, It was it, he was behind, the mastermind behind it all, um, you know, and he gets shot in the, in the holdup. So Philip Seymour Hoffman's in the hospital with a gunshot wound. He takes the heart monitor off him, puts it on himself, off Philip Seymour Hoffman, puts it on himself, then smothers his own son, kills him, then puts the heart monitor back on and just Cuc- walks cuckoo's off. Cuckoo's nest. Yeah. yeah. And I, then just I would, walks off. When I saw that movie in the ending, I was like, oh, shit. Mm. And just a, a brutal ending. It's a brutal movie in general. There's no positive to it besides Marissa Tomei getting naked. Yeah, that's about it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's a, it's a good movie. I'll give it a solid 6-6 six, six, um, just because, and, and like I said, the, the way in which it was filmed, while I get what they're trying to do, was a little too clunky for me, and that kind of diminished everything. Like, I feel like there'd be parts where the movie's picking up momentum, and then just the way it flashes back, it just derails the momentum. That's just the way I, I feel about it. I, I, I see what you're saying. For me, that's kind of a, a highlight of the movie because I think if it was told linear – um, there would have been that point where it's just it's reaching this fever pitch and it's like all this excitement. And I think the whole point was to kind of make you have this dead ass, like monotone feel to the whole movie, because that's kind of what the characters are going through at the time where it's just it's shit. It's shit. It's shit. We're literally it. it one scene starts, it ends, it's bad. Another scene starts, it ends, it's bad. None of those scenes where they cut into from uh, being nonlinear ends on a positive note, which to me sets the feel of the movie. Well, it's it's fucked up because I mean, if you look at it like too, uh, that I mean, the best you know, the, the only good part of the entire movie is when he smothers Philip Seymour Hoffman and, and he finally gets a sense of clarity, which is yeah. the final scene of the movie. So I think that again, it's just a little clunky for me. I get what they were trying to do. I that I, it just sure. diminishes the timeline a little bit to me. But there's a lot. It does a lot of stuff very well. It was it was very entertaining. So and the act, the act, the acting is fucking great. Everyone so, is fucking great in it. Up until like I like the movie, but like up until we get to when um, Phil, like they're they're coming up with the decision whether to pull the plug on the mother. It was like mm-hmm. a solid four or five. It was like okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the ending kind of just brought it all home for me. So that's what brought it up. Sure. Cool. So I'm glad you enjoyed that. Um, you can now go rate it on Letterbox for Justin. Um, Tell him to go fuck himself. Movie, <laughs> you haven't seen a movie until you rated it on Letterbox. I, I guess, dude. Fucking stupid. All right. So um, let's do our picture this week. Um, I actually have a good one for you. Uh, this is actually a funny movie. It's a comedy. I like comedies. Um, it, it's, I, I actually I just rewatched it last night because when I first saw it, um, I loved it. And it made it into my top 10 of the movies, uh, top 10 movies of 2018. But I watched it again and I liked it even more. Um, it's a black comedy. Uh, the director, I believe, his last name is Ian Nucci. And he is actually is a creator is it, of uh, Veep. On- is it Death at a Funeral? 
No, but it's de- the death of Stalin um, is the name of it. The death of Stalin is the name of the movie. I it stars. I, Ste- it I stars, might have seen uh, that. I don't know. It stars. Uh, either way, watch it again so we can discuss yeah. it. Josh, you would probably like this too. Um, it stars uh, Steve Buscemi, Jeffrey Tambor, uh, Jason Isaacs is in it. Who he played the douchebag scumbag in The Patriot. Great actor. He's oh, also yeah. um, um, so literally the whole movie is about when Stalin died and the the di- the disconnect and the confusion around everyone surrounding him. But it's like a Monty Python movie. And there's actually someone I forgot which actor from Mon- Monty Python is in it, but there is a Monty Python guy in it. And just the dialogue is so funny and how confused everyone is you got uh, Steve Buscemi playing Kerchev it, it the whole movie where it leads up to Stalin dying then them planning the funeral who's going to speak at the funeral who's standing where it literally is like a who's on first kind of thing at times so it's like a mix of Abbott and Costello Monty Python the Marx Brothers the dialogue is so funny just the little subtle things throughout it are so funny I was watching last night cracking up again I figured something lighthearted, fun it's actually on Netflix right now um, so you don't need to rent or buy it. Um, I, I really think you're going to like it because it is very, very Monty Python. Um, not as goofy as some of the Monty Python stuff, but more like the little subtle dialogue type things. All right. So but, it's, it's not it's not like the, uh, you know, the, the Ministry of Silly Walks. Silly. No, no, there's not stuff like that. But it's just like little things like he they're dragging Stalin's body at one point and they're like trying to get it to his bedroom. And they're like. We need to go left, and Steve Buscemi is using his foot to point. He goes, "Don't use the the fear the fear. Don't use his uh his feet." <laughs> I call him the fear comrade. Uh, but it's a really good cast. The dialogue's hilarious. Um, I think you're really gonna like it. So my pick for you this week is the death of Stalin. Wow, the death of Stalin. Okay. Um, you know, you you say Monty Python in front of anything, and I'm pretty much in. Um, yeah, and it's like I wanted to make sure it wasn't crazy comparing it to Monty Python, and so I went through like a bunch of the Rotten Tomatoes. Those critics reviews and the most common comparison was Monty Python. I'm like, all right, it's not just me. Yeah, that's that's I just Googled it super quick. But, yeah, that's exactly what everyone says. Cool. OK, so my album pick this week, you know, I've been kind of thinking about it. I've given you a lot of lighter albums lately, so I want to bring it back. I'm going to make it a little heavy. Sure. Um, I'm going to give you the album this week by the band Traders and the album is called Repent. Um this is bordering on black metal. Um, okay. It's some of the heaviest shit I've listened to. It is, uh, I you know, I don't want to say it's generic. I don't want to give you the wrong connotation or I don't want to give you the wrong idea or nothing. But, um, you know, it is just very heavy. These guys are from Florida. Um, I saw them. They played in Clifton, New Jersey about a year and a half, two years ago at this place called Dingbats. Maybe 30, 40 oh, yeah. people showed up. And it was one of the roughest shows I've been to. It was, ba- it was basically like fucking Fight Club is what it was. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, don't and, talk about it. Well, no. The first rule of Fight Club is to have fun and try your best. <laughs> That's true. And the second rule is no And bring fighting. cookies and punch. Yeah, the second rule is no fighting. Um, <laughs> but fucking. But, yeah, but fucking. But fucking. Uh, sp- specifically but fucking. Uh, so, yeah. Traders repent again. It's just it's just heavy. It's fucking disgusting. It's down. It's gritty. It's one of my favorite heavy albums to listen to when I'm pissed. Um, I won't be doing okay. exactly. I won't be doing 115 when I listen to it. I'll be maybe doing 80. Right, but yeah. but I'm not gonna be. You know, I also don't have a big enough engine to do that. <laughs> but I, mean, uh, <laughs> I have a fucking have a four cylinder with a supercharger. Turbocharger. That what? That's better. No, it's it's smaller. Plus, <laughs> that doesn't matter. He sounds like it's like spa- it's like spaceballs, ludicrous speed. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, uh, I actually have an album for you uh, too, Dan. Okay, let's do uh, it. 
Okay, so uh, I was uh, I got some uh, bad news this week. I mean, I knew it was kind of coming. You know, Taylor and I had a couple of uh, dates for s- uh, several different tours lined up to go uh, to shows this summer. Um, and one that I was was really hoping was not going to get pushed back because it's later in September. It did get pushed back, and that's Coheed and Cambria. Uh, okay. I gave you uh, in Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth three, uh, maybe about two months back. Um, so this week I'm going to give you the follow up to that album. Uh, Good Apollo on Burning Star Four, Volume One. Okay, I think that's the most—that's their most famous album. If I can all right, remember then, correctly. then here, then then Josh, this is going to be your chore this week. Then you have to watch Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, that's not a fucking chore. Make him watch something <laughs> that's going to be a fucking I, chore. No, I know. I want him to watch because no, he didn't give me an album that he thinks is a chore. I wanted to give a movie that I know he's going to like a lot, and he's going to be like, "Why didn't I watch this sooner?" Josh, if you really don't watch, you know what? This is going to be the time like me, Greg, and Dan sat you down and made you watch fucking Gran Torino, and you were like, "I can't believe I've never watched this movie before." <laughs> yeah, dude. get me another beer, Dragon Lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you made me watch yeah, it. So- I think I think that night I wanted to watch Hot Tub Time Machine again. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> That's almost as bad as Greg and I had an affinity for Hot Tub Time Machine too, and we were the only two people that actually liked. It. No, I remember the one night. That we're back there, we're like fucking bomb. That was the chicken ring night. <laughs> and like, like we're sitting on the floor, and I just I'm like, Taylor, what are you putting on? He goes, Hot Tub Time Machine 2. He's like, I'm going downstairs. I can't yeah. do this again. But then I couldn't get up. It was bad. It was bad. Okay, I so was in that one of those one of those stages where I was so fucked up that I, I wanted to move, but I couldn't like, I feel like Elvis. <laughs> yeah. That's, I feel like Elvis and you, me finding you in the bathroom with Cheez-Its and a, your pants around your ankles face down. Yeah, it happens. It's fine. So your albums this week are traders repent. The band is called traders. The album is called repent and uh, good Apollo Four, episode one, the phantom man ass. I don't know. Yeah, the cool. Phantom Man ass. Uh, speaking, I feel like, like if I, I gave you the full album title, you wouldn't want to listen to it. <laughs> as long as it's spelled correctly, I won't care. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's funny. We're it's just a long about- one, dude. The, the, the full album title is Good Apollo on Burning Star 4, Volume 1, From Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. That's like that's like Wayne Thomas Joseph, the third of a man, also known as Chirito Baggins, aka Stump Dick. <laughs> Honestly, Josh, if that's the case, good luck making a, a episode title next week. Yeah. Oh my god! Combine, I'll terrible. combine all the movies and all the albums. I like it. Um, think we, we were just talking about my my. I feel like Elvis night, and I remember being on the can, like I wasn't able to move, and I hear. Micah in the other room, and I just hear Mortal Kombat come on. <laughs> yeah, I was watching Mortal Kombat. And Hell yeah. I, Proper or Annihilation? Because, I think I was the, watching the first one. The first right. one. Yeah, we no one no one willingly puts on Annihilation. It just ends up being on. <laughs> <laughs> so there a new a new Mortal Kombat movie came out this week that's supposed to be really good. Did it? Um I put it on I put it on Plex this week. So it's there for you guys if you want to watch it. And it's in 1080. I have something so, to do tonight. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah. So let me know how that is because I will watch it. Um, so anyway, uh, again, this is week five of quarantine of you, uh, Chai Listen. Uh, what have you guys been do- watching? What have you been doing? What have you been playing? Um, so <coughs> I watched – I binge watched all of Chernobyl not too Good long choice. ago. Um, I hadn't seen it in about a year. Um I was I was trying to start another show, but I've been rewatching Community because they just put it on Netflix. It was on Hulu, and I'm like, well, I haven't watched it on Netflix yet, so I have to do that now. Uh, <laughs> I'm already on season four of that. Um, 
playing, nothing really because I've been moving. So I, yeah. I really haven't had time to really do much. Plus, there isn't much to play. Um, and just out, outside of the movie that, that you've been giving me this week, uh, Bob's been going nuts, but I, I'm not. I'm just trying to keep myself entertained. Yeah, well, I think like during the week, watching stuff you're familiar with is cool. I think on the weekends when you really have nothing to do, that's when you watch stuff you haven't seen. Because mm. it's like, I'm not doing anything. I don't, I'm like, you're working. So it's like, I'll come home, relax, something that I'm comfortable and familiar with. On the weekend, I feel like that's when you watch stuff you haven't seen before. Yeah, facts. Um, what about you, Josh? Um, you know, I, I've played a lot of Call of Duty this week. Um, I haven't played... Uh... I haven't played Civilization at all since last week. It's pretty much just been Call of Duty. I really haven't watched anything. Uh, but what I have watched is uh, the last couple episodes of The Clone Wars. And uh, it's got me asking one, one very simple question to the powers that be at Lucasfilm. Why is Dave Filoni not in charge of Lucasfilm? Why is Kathy Kennedy in charge of Lucasfilm? I don't understand. Uh, yeah, because Clone Wars from start to finish was brilliant. Um, Rebels was really good. He did a lot with Mandalorian, too. The guy has... Uh, a great direction and vision for what Star Wars fans want to see, like all the little lore and things like that. I do yeah. think that they're going to get him involved more going forward from the sounds of it. Uh, I've, I've heard enough things where it's like they want to get him more involved on the, the film side of things. So I hope yeah. that happens. Um, I watched the first four or five episodes of this season of Clone Wars. Um, I know they just moved up the, the series finale to Star Wars Day, May 4th. Um, so I'm going to pretty much binge all of them leading up to that. Uh, so I can just watch it all in one shot. I'm really interested to see how they end it leading up to Revenge of the Sith uh, mm. or the end of Revenge of the Sith, I guess. Um, so I'm excited. Obviously, I'm excited to see Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka when Mandalorian Season 2 comes along. Yep. Great casting there. Um, I, I, this week, I, I, I made uh, me and the landlord finished up some Cotton Valley. Um, it was her first time seeing it. And then she wanted to watch something like a little heavier. So it was like, let's do something easy. Black Summer. Yeah, it's it's eight episodes. They're 30 to 40 minutes. One episode's like 24 minutes. So 25 to 42 minute episodes. It's fast paced. It's great action in it. There's one episode in particular that's le legitimately anxiety inducing, Josh, when they're, uh, the Korean woman's in the heating duct. That is legit fucking horrifying. Yeah. Um, that's a good watch if you want to see something cool, Taylor. It's not scary. It's like a World War Z kind of thing. Yeah, I'll probably I'll probably check that out. I actually tried I tried watching a show today that was bad. I couldn't what do show? it. It was a it's a new Netflix show. It's called Brews Brothers. Like it's two I'm brothers good. that run a that run a brewery, and uh, it's by oh oh the puns. Oh, bruise, brother. Oh. Yeah, it's it's created by the guys who made the league. There's some, there was like, there's some funny in there, but it's like, uh, like it's just not, dude. It's so fucking douchey. I just can't yeah. deal with it. Uh, it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm good on that one. I don't know what we're gonna watch after this because obviously, um, Better Call Saul season finale is this week. Uh, the Westworld only has th uh, three episodes left, I think, two or three. Three. Um, and Plot Against America's finale is going to be this week, which again is sensational. Yeah, sensational forgot, 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 to, forgot to mention that. That was the, last week's episode was probably my favorite of the series so far. Oh, it, honestly, it's been because of the way they built it being six episodes and being based on the book is I feel like each episode has gotten a little bit faster and a little bit heavier and a little bit more intense. And the writing has gotten better and the acting has mm -hmm. gotten better because the writing has. 
So um, I absolutely love the show. I, for only six episodes, it's it's going to go down as a, an all-time great series. I think it's going to get a ton. Hi, cat. I found a cat. <laughs> found a cat. Um, but yeah, beyond that, um, there was some interesting news in the world today. Um, we lost the great Howard Finkel, um, the the voice of pro wrestling in our youth. Uh, I think anyone that was a wrestling fan growing up did that scenario in their head where Howard Finkel announced you as the new champion. <laughs> um, to, to me, like the number one memory I have of his voice was the Shawn Michaels, uh, Bret Hart, Iron Man match when he said it's now going to a sudden death single fall overtime. That to me was like the number one. And of course his ri- rivalry with Harvey Whippleman where they both stripped down into uh, they were wearing women's underpants. Um, but uh, I, I was bummed to hear about Fink because it, Fink rules. He ruled. He always will rule. That's like the voice of wrestling announcing. And now introducing yeah, dude, he, it was great. If you get a chance, I re, I retweeted it earlier. But when he had, uh, when he did his Hall of Fame speech back in two thousand nine, and he announced himself, it was really really cool. Um, that was that was uh sad to hear. Uh, Brian Dennehy died today. Uh, Chris Farley's father and Tommy Boy, the douchebag cop in Rambo. Uh, yeah. I always think in the South Park movie when they're doing what would uh, Brian Voltano do. Yeah. And then Brian, the guy shows up. Uh, who are you? I'm Brian Dennehy. <laughs> no, I'm not, no, I'm not fucking Brian Dennehy. Like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Oh, okay. Bye. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we lost those two guys today. Uh, news just broke, Taylor, that Von Miller has COVID-19. Yeah, and I want to know what what Jay Glazer meant. This groundbreaking news. This Wait, this, you didn't no, hear it? No, I did hear it, but the no-name center from Los Angeles was like the first <laughs> designated guy to get it, and Jay Glazer broke it on some Fox show. I didn't even know fucking existed. And then I just Dude, I tur- and just I go to Twitter text- like an hour ago, and I'm like, Von Miller tested positive. Oh, cool. Sick. Yeah, well, let's hope that he was like asymptomatic. I would think that that guy's a fucking physical specimen. I wouldn't think that he's going to get really sick. Although, a guy that was like a physical monster, uh, a high school gym teacher of Josh and mine, uh, and our wrestling coach, he had, he still does. He was on a ventilator for a bit, but this motherfucker was the meanest son of a bitch. If you wanted to see a teacher break up fights in high school, Taylor, he would see a fight happening and he would grab whoever was on top of the other one and just fucking throw him. <laughs> he was an, he was an animal. He was my favorite gym teacher by far too. He was a good coach, great gym teacher. Cool. He looked like constipated Hawaiian. Like the eyes squinted, but he was cool shit. He's doing better. So we'll just say shout out to Mr. Blakely. Mr. Blakely, glad you're getting better. Um, but yeah, I would think Von Miller would be okay. Mm. I think he'll be okay. I mean, listen, if Idris Elba and Von Miller have it, I mean, what fucking hope do we have? True. Um, I was actually thinking, so next we recorded on a Thursday this week. Uh, we talked about recording during the NFL draft next week. Um, what we should do is we should start a little bit before the draft starts, um, do our reviews and our picks and then just bullshit through the draft. Like I'll just sit in my fucking den and watch it in there and we can bullshit and then Justin can call in Bob, whoever, and we could just have some fun with it. Yeah. I think that'll be fair. Cause I guess draft night's my favorite. I'm actually, I'm yeah. going, I, I've kind of been coming up with just the first round. I, I don't go too deep. 
I'm kind of coming up with like a uh, a first like a first round mock draft. But I I think I might post later this weekend. Um, because Why don't you, you know, do it on the website. Why don't you post it to the website? Well, that's what I, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm saying I got I got to type it up and I gotta because uh, I'm gonna be I'm I'm, I'm including trades and stuff gotcha, because gotcha. Um, latest news out of Broncos camp is that they're very adamant with trading up to number ten with Cleveland, Cle- Cleveland trading down and going to get their guy, and then all Denver has to do is get that CD Lamb. If that happens, I'm screaming all night. It's probably going to depend a lot on if someone else in the same range as the Broncos trades up. And it sounds like the team most interested would be the Falcon that are trying to get into the, um, that's the Falcons are apparently very adamant about getting into the top 10. What? I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, they have so many, I mean, no offense, Josh, but the Falcons have so many needs. I, I can't pick one particular guy where they would go. And you know what I'm saying? It's, a, it's so unpredictable. That's the number one reason why I like the draft. You don't really know what anyone's really thinking. Yeah. What happens. Um, but if it's my it's like estimation, the Royal if, rumble. Yeah. It's my, <laughs> it's my estimation. If the, Falcons are going to trade up. I don't. I, I think the first place you go is corner, and you bring in someone like a C.J. Henderson if they're there inside top ten. That's just my guess to go up to get. Yeah, your guy. I mean, I I mean, I definitely agree that corner or offensive line would be their best bet. This is a really good offensive line um, draft. There, there's a ton of talent to be had. Um, uh, it's going to depend. I think, uh, you know, certain guys like Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons, I think is going to the giants for sure. Um, Tristan Wirfs is the offensive lineman that everyone has like going as one of the first, uh, he's going to be a stud. There's a bunch of guys and there's still a lot to think Jerry Judy's going to go first. Apparently his wonder lick was terrible, but you don't need it. I don't need my fucking wide receiver to be smart on it. it, The wonder lick is bullshit. Yeah, the wonder looks pretty much below. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think, still has this the record for yeah. the most questions right in the wonder yeah. lick. Um, I know um, Makai Becton uh, is the offensive lineman, the other one that people are going crazy for. Andrew Thomas is one that you're hearing rise a lot. So yeah. that, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. Um, I just pulled up a mock draft quick. Um, this one has the Broncos taking CJ Henderson. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 15. Yeah, it's so all over the place, but I'm talking like as far as like today. You know what I'm so saying? So this like, one, it just I, happening this today. one was posted by CBS Sports nine hours ago. Um, and it has Burrow going first to the Bengals, Chase Young to the Redskins, the Dolphins trading up to three for Tua, uh, Giants, Isaiah Simmons, um, Jeff Akuda uh, to the Lions, who I think is going to be a fucking stud corner as well, Derek Brown to the Panthers, Tristan Wirfs to the Cardinals, uh, Javon Kinlaw to the Jaguars, Jerry Judy to the Raiders, Henry Ruggs to the Jets, Makai Becton to the Browns, CeeDee Lamb to the 49ers, Andrew Thomas to the Bucks, CJ Henderson to the um, Broncos, Xavier McKinney, who is a stud safety, Josh, going to the Falcons. Um, and the Dolphins' second pick would be Jedrick Willis um, Jr., offensive lineman, uh, right tackle. So uh, a lot's going to happen in this time. I definitely think we're going to see some moves. I Teams moving up, teams moving back. Um, a team like the Browns, obviously, interested in moving back, which I would agree with. Um, a team, Browns are a, a team that's drafting in the top 10 that could very easily contend this year, whatever this year yeah. starts. Well, especially now with o- Odell Beckham mo- most most likely on his way out. Well, now that trade him. now that's being sh- now that's being shut down. So I really don't know. Well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we. It, I mean, no one really knows. A lot of sure, uh, that. I'm pretty sure that was Sports Talk Barry that broke that. 
So it's no, not real. It was not. It was no. It was no. It was it was Mark Malusis that broke it actually. Oh wow. Um, on WFAN that he was here. So um, and other people are saying that they have been talking to teams about Beckham, which I think you teams talk about everyone, especially non-playoff yeah. teams. Well, I was going to hear uh, about anyone. Yeah, I have. Uh, I actually have a bet on this draft, and I need CD Lamb to be drafted before you Jerry Judy. So desperate. What? Again. What? I I can't what hear happened? you at all. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, start talking again. I'm here. All right. Say what, say uh, what you just said. You're, again. you're des you're desperate to gamble. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet on fucking mar <laughs> I, I bet on fucking marble races. I, I took the bet. I still I, don't know what the fuck that is. It's someone makes a course and you have a shitload of marbles. They're all different colors and you pick a color. It's gonna win. <laughs> the fuck you mean you don't know what that is it's as simple as that I, 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 like here's the thing like you say it but i'm like that can't be a thing it is it sounds so fucking stupid and it's on espn the show dude okay i i get that but it shouldn't be a thing what the world series of darts is better i'd rather watch fucking marble racing all right, that's fair. That's fair. Um, there but was some, no, there was I think shitty... that, that, that one's easy. That one's not too bad, to be honest. So There there was some disappointing news that came out yesterday about Grand Theft Auto 6 that it's just in its early development. Um, I, I, it's not I even – we're, we're waiting I, I, four I or five that. years for Grand Theft Auto. No, they, dude, they're dead-ass serious. and. I, I just mean saying, I, like, I, I, we I don't just buy started. that shit with that where it's like, oh well, we're in early development. No, they've really been in development for the last ten years. It's just that GTA Five has been so much better than anyone really anticipated. That and, they, instead well, of they actually they, working on the game, yeah, they've been just adding to the online DLC this entire yeah, time. Is what's been well, happening. That that's part of that's the biggest reason why it's taking so long. But they also said that. The map is the initial map is actually going to be smaller than what GTA Five was, and they're going to keep adding on to it throughout the throughout their, its release. Um, so I don't know. I don't think we're going to see GTA Six for at least four years at this rate. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I'll be fucking thirty-five when it comes out. So what the fuck? You'll probably be dead. <laughs> I'm not going to be dead. You're going to be dead. I, I'm saying we both might be dead because I might kill you then myself. No, you'll be dead first. The landlord's going to fucking kill you before, before well, you get your hands a, on me. That's a distinct possibility as well, but I've never lost a fight to a woman. Well, there's a first time for everything there, pal. That's just like when, true. Just, just uh, like when Michigan lost to Appalachian State. I mean, anything is possible. <laughs> yeah, all right, Garnett. Um, so I want to talk about this a little bit. Um, big stuff going on with WWE. Um, the amount of people they released, fired, furloughed, um, all to save $8 million. Literally $8 million. That's uh, all it was, was eight million altogether. That's it. Eight million, uh, just to keep their profit margins enough to Vince and Stephanie and Triple H make their money. Um, and this comes after it would turned out they lied about the XFL was being funded by WWE finances. Uh, so they're sued uh, for that. Um, and it, I, I went, I, I re-signed up on WWE Network uh, a couple months before WrestleMania. And after that, I was just done again. Like it's, if someone was like, 
oh, why? So they have to fire more people? It's like, it's not the point. It's like, I don't want to support a company that when they they can apply for an essential employee exemption in Florida, make the wrestlers fly out for Raw on Monday and then fire a ton of them, their lowest level employees. How about Vince takes a pay cut? How about Triple H takes one? How about Stephanie takes one? I feel like they make enough where they could do, you know, do without a, an extra million this year. I mean, is that, I mean, there's one thing to take the high road. It's just never going to happen. It's one of those things where, especially when you're that in that big business, it's very, it's unheard of for a multi, a multi-billion millionaire to take that type of, you know, hit. Sure. the only person I can think of really is like, is uh, Bill Gates and t- say what you want about what he, what's happening right now. But Bill Gates is still one of the largest th- uh, philanthropists ever. And oh God, I just, can't even with the fucking conspiracy no, I, theorists with Bill Gates. I'm not, I can't, I'm, I'm not even, I'm, I'm not even talking about that. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm with you. I, I I agree with you. He's an amazing, amazing uh, full-on rapist. And um, do these people that <laughs> these people that <laughs> these people that are going on about him, built, he wants the mandatory vaccines and oh, everyone's a fucking expert on medicine and philanthropy and fucking the Constitution. Everyone needs to shut the fuck up for once. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I'm good because a lot of people talking about the Constitution never actually read the Constitution. So they don't know what the fuck it really says. I sent you that but screen and- that screenshot earlier of that guy that Josh and I went to high school with and about he'll die for the Constitution. He's the same motherfucker that got dishonorably discharged from the Marines. So shut up. What a dummy. But anyway, back to what we were saying. Um, you know, it, it's the layoffs are affecting everyone. It just stinks sure. that it, it happened at this level and it happened so publicly. Um, it just that's the part that really annoys me. Um, Seth Rollins went on Instagram live last night to kind of address everything and say it's not the time or the place to make say the things that you're saying, which I get. I get both sides. Tell the, the company lines. Exactly. Well, I, I get both sides. He's also a top guy. He's not getting really sure. Yeah, you no, know? listen, absolutely. So I, I understand. I understand where he's coming from, and I get all that. Um, but to see some – again, these aren't people that are just – like they're losing their jobs. You know, like, like they're Yeah, and too, it's not and like any companies – right, right now, like you're not going to see AEW and Impact and Ring of Honor and New Japan signing guys necessarily because it's – maybe New Japan because Japan's got this under control. But AEW is not making money right now. Their ratings went down 40% the last two weeks so they're not going to be these people are going to be sitting there unemployed so sam roberts was on with pat mcafee today talking about this exactly and he literally said the same thing because both of them went to each other because i guess we're not wwe employees because <laughs> they i guess they both did the pre-show <laughs> or something it's like we never yeah. we, we weren't on a conference call what the fuck do we know but um sam roberts kind of rehashed both sides of the argument were like, you know, right at this moment, maybe it's not the time or place to have the argument, but also at the same time, you know, you're saving face and you're saving, you know, an X amount of dollars over people just losing million. jobs. You know what I'm, you know what I'm and, saying? And this like, was after when, when, when all this started and they released your statement that like, we're going to be fine. We have $500 million um, cash to cover us through this. They have all that blood money from Saudi Arabia. And that's what that is. That's fucking blood money. Uh, why are they doing all these deals if they can't cover it? The money from fucking Fox, from USA, those are cash deals that are guaranteed. This is different where the, with the UFC where they have to hold 42 shows this year to make $750 million. It just comes up. And this is the other side of this. And I'll play a little devil's advocate here. This is WWE being bit in the ass because they hoarded so much talent that wouldn't be used. They hoarded guys, talented guys like Gallows and Anderson to give them a run every so often. They have a talented 
guy that got himself over like Zack Ryder that completely changed how WWE used their social media and they kept him fucking in the sideline besides the moment here and there. They give him the belt at WrestleMania. They take it from him the next night. You hoard talent and then you want to cut ties with them. And there's certain other people they probably should have cut ties with. How about you call up Brock and ask Brock to take a pay cut? How about you ask Ronda Rousey to take a pay cut? I bet you John Cena and Undertaker would be more than willing to take a pay cut because they're getting the biggest contracts of them all. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I would I would suspect John Cena would be up there to take a pay cut. I mean, it was it was a couple of years ago when he was he was the U.S. champion and he had like that shoot promo kind of with Roman yeah. about the U.S. title where it's like, you know, I, I, as much as you want to say about Cena, I think Cena really does love wrestling. You know what I mean? Same thing with The Rock. So oh, I, he I, loves I, the I, I industry. I, got, I, I, have, I have nothing but respect for Cena. That's why I think he'd be willing. I just think that. Um, it, this was just about their profit margins to for shareholders. Like if they were a private company, I don't think this would have happened. Um, and it, it's just it's very disappointing. And to see that this company, a billionaire, he can't cover his guys. At least a lot. Like I see a guy like Lance Storm, who you know, one of the great workers in history. Not a great you know personality, character, whatever. One of the great workers and great coaches took a job as a WWE producer four months ago. Closed up his wrestling school, sold all his equipment. Man, and he gets fucking furloughed yesterday. That's shitty. Like he'll get his job back whenever that is. But what the day before all this happened, two days ago, Vince was with this whole the, all the sports um, commissioners and owners with Trump talking about the plan for getting this done. And Vince is going to be on his um, his uh, board to start the economy again. What the fuck did Vince hear that made him suddenly want to lay everyone off? Yeah, I would, that was my next question to you, was that he was just put on the committee to help reopen the economy. And I think as a businessman, I think it's a smart decision because he, he got hey, a lot of people. You can't deny Vince is a good businessman. And Vince a is lot a good of, businessman. A, a lot of people were making fun of it. And a lot of people were saying that, uh, you know, he's going to write shitty gimmicks to open up the economy with. <laughs> uh, <you laughs> because know. we're going to bring in a dump truck driver. <laughs> yeah. And then you're going you're gonna to get He's going to puke. He's going to get <laughs> yeah. raped by a. <laughs> oh my god that's right but yeah. uh or when he dropped the n-bomb the booker t oh, but uh yeah. but 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 anyway um so that was so that was like one thing i was gonna ask was like like do you like do you think he's actually like putting in his two cents or do you think he's just me in the room i'm sure i'm sure vince and him are, are tight i think that both him and dana white was dana white dana white was was a guy that was in the right place at the right time and he was the right guy at the right time i don't want to hear a thing about Dana business wise because he just had buddies in the Fertitas that gave him the money and then he kind of he got lucky with the ultimate fighter Dana is not Vince McMahon I'm sorry Dana's buddies with him and maybe some if you want Dana to promote a little bit sure he'll he'll be great at that he'll make a villain out of someone um even better than Vince will but I, I think Vince he would have Vince uh, Vince would have Trump's ears I mean Linda was in Vince in Trump's cabinet until like six months ago so this isn't some crazy thing it's not a crazy idea in general so I I don't know. So I, I just I want to know what what he heard from Trump about when things will be able to go back to full. I think it's more full capacity crowds. I think by fall there'll be half capacity crowds at certain events. They'll right. allow like fifty percent capacity. No no more than four people to a row, five people to a row, spaced out. That kind of shit. So at, at, for both of you guys, I'm assuming you guys have seen the full list. I really haven't. But um, is there anyone in particular that you both were like, whoa, they released that guy? 
You know what I'm saying? Was there any surprises releases that you were looking at, like that you saw? Um, honestly, Zack Ryder and Heath Slater, because they've been around, they've survived so many cuts and stayed in the same place despite that. Gallows and Anderson was very surprising for me. Um, uh, uh, Diana Perros, uh, I don't even know how to say her last name uh, from NXT. She surprised me a lot because she was like a coveted prospect just a couple years ago. Right. What about you, Josh? Anything? Uh, really, Gallows and Anderson for me, they just signed um, pretty big deals for their spot on the card. Uh, and, and, you know, more or less they were deals to be AJ Styles lackeys, you know, not really have a big spot on TV. Maybe, maybe another tag team title run somewhere in there. Um, yeah. But, you know, they did sign a pretty big contract. It's one of those keep them away from ADW type of deals. But uh, well, I was surprised. One, uh, I think it's get, Gallows is already saying he's going back to Japan because I believe it's his wife that's from Japan or it's Anderson's wife that's from Japan. So yeah, that makes it's sense. Anderson. Yeah, Anderson's wife is a, Anderson. Yeah. So he's the one that said he's going back to Japan. Um, and I think in um, Gallows, it sounds like he wants to stay close to his family, which is here. Yeah, I mean, that's fine because, I mean, also Carl Anderson, I mean, both those guys really made their nut in Japan. So, and Carl Anderson was, well, he was never more over than when he was over in New Japan with the Bullet Club. Obviously, that's long gone. For sure. You know, when he's the machine gun Carl Anderson, that's when he was fucking great. Um, Yeah. But it's just, you know, it's just one of those things. And uh, Sam Roberts said it today, too. Um, You know, a lot of people, oh, they'll go to New Japan, they'll go to AEW, they'll go to Ring of Honor. Exactly what you said. Those, Those promotions aren't putting on shows either. So don't expect wrestlers to just jump ship and go to these different spots, all the different, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's it's going to take a while. These guys are going to be sitting there. It, it sucks. I mean, the fact that they released Mike Chioda, like, he's been with a ref in WWE since 1989. Think about that. That's, Man, that's a long time. crazy. Yeah, dude. It's, I mean, next to Earl Hebner, he was probably, or not Earl Hebner, uh, to, next to Fink. He was probably the longest tenured employee at this point. Yeah, probably. So the other thing, so since we were on the topic of Vince and wrestling, I was listening to uh, Brody Lee on uh, Talk is Jericho. And oh, it was great. That was a great he, interview. He has one of my favorite Vince stories I've ever heard. When they were talking about the Bludgeon Brothers, when they came up with that idea with him and Rowan, he was yeah. like, dude, he's like, I'm not into this, whatever. So like, they put on the Bludgeon Brother gear with the hoods, the hammers or whatever, and they walk into Vince's office. He's getting a massage from a – wait – Hold on. He's getting a massage from a dude in his office, right? <laughs> and they, they walk in with the stuff. They're all gimmicked up. And he just lifts his head, looks at him, and goes, love it. Puts his head back down and says, get out. <laughs> <laughs> like, those Such stories, like, shit. yeah, Such Such good shit. Like, see, Vince sucks, but I hear stories like that, and they always make me laugh because I believe it entirely. <laughs> Yeah. But like um, on that, uh, the the I gotta watch this week's uh, Dark Side of the Ring about uh, Jimmy Snuka. Um, uh, but uh, I on the one last week with the brawl for all, Jim Cornette said that Vince hasn't been in a supermarket in like thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> like Vince, Vince, like they, they, he said he once asked Vince how much he thinks a gallon of milk costs, and he had no idea. That's awesome. I, I'm not, I believe not it too. Task force. Exactly. Like, I have an idea. Toilet paper on a pole match. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, like, honestly, think about how Vince thinks things are pricey. He goes, all right, Donald, let's make milk $10 a gallon. Make it real cheap. Like, you're probably giving people 50s to go buy milk. Like, become the fucking Martin Shkreli of, 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 of professional oh, wrestling. Oh, yeah, that fucking guy. But, uh, um, no, right, so that's... So, I want to so, throw something... <laughs> 
go ahead, and, they'll go say, ahead. and they'll say so that so that was happening right and then the other thing i was thinking of like like if he like say he wrote like this elaborate storyline where you know you progressively reopen businesses and stuff like that and then and then next thing you know donald turn donald trump takes the ultimate heel turn and just closes everything again like just like just no, like, he brings in no no that's what he does he brings in ted turner yeah right to, to help him no it'll be the the monday night economic wars <laughs> he, he'll come in and be like i like to introduce you the new chairman of the board the new tre- state uh the secretary of treasury eric bishop <laughs> oh man i'm bad older vince that's not all I want to introduce you to the sheriff that's going to be <laughs> making sure that all of this is running smoothly. Ladies and gentlemen, Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> you can see, and uh, his and uh, his constable. We'll go back to that fucking gimmick. See, all, all you hear uh, is Eric, Eric Bischoff come out and like, well, you know, we can get this economy back open in about I don't know three minutes. <laughs> um so i saw i so I, I go on online when i wake up yesterday i'm outside with the dog and i'm just i always take a look what's going on what did i miss and i look at what's trending and i see this article it's trending I instantly like i was tired i was wide awake because i just got hangry and the landlord's like why are you yelling to yourself <laughs> i'm like just listen listen okay. i just saw it it says how the how hollywood being shut down is affecting diversity in hollywood that's awesome. <laughs> okay. But like, okay, let's be real here. Everything in Hollywood is shut down. It's not just like, I'm not really worried about the disabled person getting a job as an extra holding the fucking door in a fucking B indie movie. I'm sorry. No one cares about the diversity anywhere right now. You all know what diversity would be right now? When I could go to the fucking store without a fucking mask on my face, that would be diverse. Yeah, I mean, uh, like the I, things I, that you could be worried about, to, like to make an article about this, like that's important. What about the, the the fringe comedian that was just getting there that isn't getting shows now? The fringe regular actor that is trying to get through. It's everyone in, in acting. It's everyone in Hollywood. It's everyone in music. It's everyone in video games and sports. Everything's on hold. Shut the fuck up. Your diversity is not important right now. People are losing their lives, their jobs, their livelihoods. Shut the fuck up. I I, I do agree with that. I mean. The, the, obviously there's bigger there's bigger fish to fry i just think it's just it's so funny now how you know only a couple months ago we're primarily over the last year or so we were having these mo- this, this these fucking ridiculous um arguments and conversations over you know what, what everyone was mad about or just the outrage culture in general now when people are outraging or they're pissed off about something the majority of people just look at them and the scoff at them because it's like, it, like now's not the time for your bullshit argument and your self righteous nonsense. It's yeah. just not the time. I I was honestly a little mad to be angry about this because it was something to like direct anything else towards rather than coronavirus and because Facebook is a fucking cesspool more than ever because all these people are stuck home and they're reading conspiracy theories and they're like what did you watch in news why don't you do a little more research I got this info from this jerk off on YouTube in his 30 minute video okay because he couldn't be wrong too you do enough research across the board that's all you watch a little bit of everything you read a little bit of everything don't watch Fox News watch Fox News and CNN 
CNN. Don't watch just CNN. Watch Fox News, too. You get a, a, the best of both worlds or the worst of both worlds, I guess. They're all trash. But this whole thing, Bill Gates, he wants the mandatory vaccine and microchip you. I'll believe it when I see it. I don't know if that's true. No one does. They're guessing. They're making up all these things about Bill Co- about Bill. I must say Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. Anything bad you heard about him is not true. No, definitely not. It's fake news, dude. It's but uh, let, uh, sub, so a couple fun things from this week. Um, the trailer dropped yesterday. And they announced that they're going to be dropping it straight to streaming on May twelfth. Is uh, the Al Capone movie starring Tom Hardy? Um, the trailer for it. Looks pretty fucking cool. I don't think the movie's going to end up being great, but Hardy looks fucking awesome as Capone. I haven't even seen pictures or even heard about it, but uh, he Look he up the exactly trailer. Like Dude, look up the trailer. It's fucking dope. It, he looks great in it, and it's a weird... They're going with a... The most interesting time in Capone's life that hasn't really been covered was the end. The last couple of years he was alive when he started going a little crazy because he had severe syphilis that was affecting his uh, state of mind. Yeah. So he looks like old Capone. And I'm excited because I've been watching Boardwalk Empire and the dude that plays uh, Capone on that is the same dude that t- played Tony Pro in The Irishman, the dude that Pacino was beefing with. Okay. Um, and he's an amazing Al Capone. So I'm excited to see that. We'll be able to have it in a, just a couple weeks. Um, uh, but yeah, watch that trailer. I think both of you will be pumped for that. Yeah, I just, I'm, just uh, seeing a, I'm just seeing a picture now. It's pretty uh, pretty interesting for sure. Dude, yeah, watch the trailer once we're done, then then hit me up what you, with what you, you thought. But uh, the last thing I wanted to end with, this was trending. I thought this was an interesting topic, but people were ranking the sp- every Spider-Man movie that's been made. Okay. Okay. So a unanimous worst one to me is the Amazing Spider-Man Two. Is that unanimous the one with emo? No, that's Spider-Man Three. Which I'm talking about with Andrew Garfield, the second one with oh, Paul okay. Giamatti. Yeah, it's fucking waste. awful. And uh, Jamie Foxx's Shocker it was awful. Yeah. Um. After that, I would say it's Spider-Man Three. That's emo Spider-Man. That wasn't good. Uh, okay. The next one, I would say, I actually liked The Amazing Spider-Man. I liked the first one with Andrew Garfield. I thought it was pretty good. It was a very good movie. I enjoyed the shit out of it. So, Dennis Leary was actually in the, good in it, too. Yeah, but in the rankings of things, that's that would have to be third from the bottom. Yeah, um, the, the Andrew Garfield ones are definitely at the bottom of that. And then, uh, Tom, like for me, Tom, Ho- Tom Holland movies are at the top with the first two Spider-Mans with uh, Tobey Maguire somewhere so in the middle there. Well. we'll 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 figure out where those go. But after that one, for me, I, I don't. Um, I I'm gonna say the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, although I really like it, is next. Then it's gonna be Spider-Man uh, Homecoming, which is the first one, right? Homecoming. Yeah. Then it's gonna be Spider-Man Two, which I love, by the way. I love Spider-Man Two. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's gonna be Far From Home, and then it's gonna be Into the Spider Verse is number one. Uh, I, I don't count into the Spider Verse because it seems like a separate thing. Completely, we're, no, we're counting it. It's part. Of, it's part. It was part of this whole discussion. We're, we're counting it as a Spider Man. It won an Oscar. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm just saying from like the like if the we're movies, talking like live action. Parker. If we're talking, sure. If we're talking live action, it's Far From Home for me. Number mm-hmm. one. I would but agree for I sure. I love it. into the into the Spider Verse was great. Josh, what would your number one be? Um. Yeah, probably Far From Home. Honestly, yeah, it, I like. Far I, I, I love I love Jake Gyllenhaal in that man. He was awesome. 
It was a fun fucking movie, man. It was great. Jill Hall was great. The the everything about it was cool. They did a great job with it. They took a villain that I thought would be very difficult to execute in a live action film and gave him an interesting spin. Um, so I, I really, really enjoyed that one. But I think um, it also shows why uh, that's why the uh, Marvel and Sony have to be symbiotic because you couldn't have made Mysterio work without the backstory that they gave him. Absolutely true. One thousand percent. And I'm hoping that it'll lead to bet. I, I have no interest in Morbius with uh, J- J- Jared Leto. It looked terrible. Fuck him, first of all. <laughs> He's such a twat, dude. He's such a fucking boner. Stupid fucking death. Not a good story. boner. Ugh. He is the definition of a favor count regard. <laughs> He's uh, he, he gives you a fear boner. No, he gives me a rage boner. <laughs> rage Dude, boner. Every time I'm telling you, the last like three weeks we've been recording, someone tries hacking our account, our Twitter account. What? Someone's trying to hack right now. Every the last three weeks while we're recording, someone tries hacking it, and it's fucking funny. Every why, why? Sing- the last three weeks. Why? I don't know. Um, I don't know. But before we wrap up, I want to give a shout out. Uh, before I got on the call. Um, uh, Ralph and I did a FaceTime with our buddy Bobo. Bobo posted something about how he was lonely, so we did a FaceTime with him. Uh, he gave us a really good laugh, so much love to Bobo, uh, one of the good friends of the show. Um, I, I Hopefully, we'll talk to him again next week. I tried to convince him to start making uh, moonshine in his bathtub, but um, I don't think he's going to. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's a hard pass there, pal, even for Bobo. <laughs> uh, Josh, do you have anything else? Um, no. Uh, I don't think so. Taylor? Uh, no, just if you're if you're not feeling well, stay home. If you're not essential, which most likely you're not, stay the fuck home and stay the fuck out of my way. And if you don't know anything about health or politics, stay off social media with your fucking opinions. Yeah, just um, stop. Please just stop. Um, so we will see you guys next week. This is episode 97 of You Watch, I Listen with our NFL draft special next week. I'm really excited about doing that one. Um, it'll be really cool to get our live reactions to who our teams take, who our teams take. Um, thank you to Bet DSI, Lobo Sound. And again, I forgot about Shots for Likes podcast. <laughs> and they're the ones that are still doing it live and normal. But uh, we love guys too. Um, Josh Taylor, I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. All right, cool. Peace.